in the party, Richter. Welcome to See What the Party, Richter. My name is Aaron Frescas, and I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Beck Castro and Chris Chapman. In this episode, we'll be making our way through the first part of Arnold's 1987 sci-fi classic, The Running Man. All right, I guess let's get into it. So uh, take it away, Chris. So we open up the movie with, uh, we basically go straight into the credits, which is just uh, starts off with the Running Man logo. And then we get 10 little like Arnold silhouettes doing like a running animation. Uh, From there, it goes into the opening crawl like uh, Star Wars. So it says, and I quote, by 2017, the world economy has collapsed. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. Uh, A police state divided into paramilitary zones rules with an iron hand. Television is controlled by the state and a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated, and yet a small resistance movement has managed to survive underground. When high-tech gladiators are not enough to suppress the people's yearning for freedom, more direct methods become necessary. Uh, From the opening crawl, we then go to, basically, it goes to Arnold's face as Ben Richards. He is flying a helicopter into Bakersfield with a heavily armed team. As they're flying, you see, like, the... uh, you see, like, the readout on their monitors and stuff, and he is reporting back to base that he finds a food riot of 1,500 people. Uh, the base tells him to eliminate them, uh, but he refuses to because he says uh, he says that they just want some food, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, and then uh, after he refuses and turns off his radio, the, team, the base basically tells his team to take over for him incapacitate them and continue with their mission to kill everyone on the street this is just another example of being of arnold being the consummate good guy you know he's always like a stand-up dude i mean in most of his movies so sort of though because like he was going to kill everyone until he they like he noticed that they were women and children so it was like it's a regular rioter as he's like huh Whatever. Well, like, I don't know. He says they were unarmed. Yeah, unarmed. So, but if, then... so if those women or children were armed, would he just like <laughs> unloaded on? He's like, like they. I don't know. Maybe like, there's women he... and children down there, but they're armed. So the hell with them. And then he just starts like <laughs> blowing, like. <laughs> Maybe, but then after that, he also says they just want some food for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. So like, I I think he like has a moral compass. It's weird because he's an, a cop in this like yeah crazy like fascist state, but I don't know. That's how he's gonna get those sweet natural natural resources you know (laughs) exactly like he doesn't want to be a poor person in bakersfield like he needs his protein (laughs) so being a cop is like the only way for him to go so apparently uh the coordinates that they show as bakersfield are actually it's actually an elementary school in oxnard oh really (laughs) which is a note from that i had from last time uh anyway the team is ordered to detain richards and he basically embarrasses all four dudes in the helicopter, uh, at least a couple of them who look almost as big as him. Uh, but uh, he's he's only taken out because he throws one dude into the joystick and the, the chopper like oh, starts yeah. to fall. And so he kind of falls out the open side of the helicopter, which I don't know why it was open in the first place. They seem like they were pretty far away from um, the food. One riot, of them was but... probably going to aim his gun out and start shooting poor people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then... <laughs> Sorry. Was so, it the LAPD? What's that? Are they the LAPD? No, they're just like... They're the Bakersfield PD, right? I think they're... No, they're they're um, military cops. Oh, okay. Because later oh, on, they? Killian says like he wants to talk to... That's right. He wants to get him, and like we don't usually get military yeah. prisoners or Department of Defense. So, uh, so he's hanging out of the plane, and then the guy said, "One of the guys is merciful, I guess, and says we're not supposed to kill him; we're just supposed to detain him." And so they pull him back into the plane, even though they clearly don't want to. Yeah. And then uh, one of the guys uh, hits him in the fucking face with his rifle, and as he says, "I'll see you in hell." Wait, uh, <laughs> what did you say? That's, is that your Arnold accent? No, that's the Southern. Oh, is that how he, I'll see you in hail. Yeah. So you think if he would have fell out, the movie would have ended and it would have been called The Falling Man? <laughs> and he just like splats and dies. <laughs> we then cut to a forced labor camp. It's just two hours of him like, yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> no! <laughs> 
<laughs> just the scene from Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's see. We cut to 18 months later where we're seeing a like a forced labor camp and a bunch of prisoners who are wearing these uh, like bomb collars and basically literally being worked to death. Um, we go around and see they're, they're doing all sorts of stuff in like a factory and breaking up rocks and stuff like that. We see Arnold carrying a steel beam, uh, a steel beam and looking <laughs> freaking amazing in a full beard. And yeah. I just have to stop here and be like, why was that not more of a thing in the eighties? Full like, beards? Yeah. No, Arnold specifically in that full, like full facial hair. Oh. I don't know. Just a real missed opportunity. He's like clean yeah. shaven in most of his stuff. Yeah, it's true. Um, I got a quote from my wife, Laura, that says, Arnie with a beard is adorable, although it is not as if anything Arnie can do would be adorable, except maybe holding a small cat. (laughs) (laughs) That steel beam seems to weigh about as much as a a small cat to him. Exactly. I I wonder if they originally had him carrying something more believable, but he was like, come on, I'm not a CC. Let me carry (laughs) my steel beam. (laughs) It's just like his job walking around with a steel beam all day. That's that's his prison assignment. (laughs) It just gets the other guys motivated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, damn, we got to work harder. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to bring in better prisoners if we don't. Uh, I'm curious if Steven D'Souza and his this was like, all right, well, since you carried an entire log and commando, this time, I th- <laughs> <laughs> this time I think you should carry a steel beam. And then, you know, if this ends up getting a sequel, we'll just have you carry on a 1977 Cadillac DeVille. How about that? <laughs> <You know? laughs> We go outside and see some guards talking about betting on the running man. And we are also seeing a demonstration of the prison security system, which they call the deadline. And it's basically like uh, it's essentially an an invisible dog fence, but with the bomb collars. So I guess if they go past a certain point, the collars explode. Uh, We cut back into Arnold, who like throws the beam aside like it was made out of styrofoam (laughs) and then goes and stands next to another prisoner as they're kind of eyeing this... uh, this dude with glasses over on the other side of the compound. Uh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you you nailed it. <laughs> that was like, yep. yeah, clearly. That, sure? that is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, let's see. So they're watching this guy. Uh, they're watching Four Eyes get uh, some water. And while he's doing it. How dare you. <laughs> uh as they're doing it as he's doing it he gets a peek at one of the guards who's on a computer and putting in the access code to take the deadline down um arnold and this other prisoner start a riot by getting into a fight and then during all the commotion uh four eyes steals the guard's computer because he like gets up and runs over to to go grab something or to go grab the prisoners yeah this whole uh security measure they got is Fucking, they're fucking hackney. Yeah, they- <laughs> you know, like he just puts in the code, and it's like what six digits, and it's not even like blocked out or anything. You know, like anybody can see it. Also, it's 2017, and he's still doing hunt and peck typing. Like he's individually putting. He's like six, five, <laughs> yeah. three. Anybody? Everybody catching this? J. Like yeah. Jesus doesn't give a shit who's looking directly <laughs> yeah. at it. I think he's just like, hey. You know, bug off, buddy. It's like, really? Yeah, exactly. It knows your fucking password now, dude. <laughs> You're running a goddamn like uh, concentration uh, camp here. You know? <laughs> What's he going to do? Uh, Bring out here? His head's going to fucking explode. Come exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like he's got the code or anything. <laughs> uh, so, Four Eyes steals the guard's computer. Uh, a bunch more guards Watch come into the. <laughs> uh, a bunch more guards come into the compound and they start firing into the crowd. Uh, Arnold has climbed up onto the catwalk. He grabs one of the guards by the balls, <laughs> steals his gun, and then throws him off the catwalk. And we get our first line of the movie, which is, give you a lift. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he has this really wide smile on his face while he's doing it and fondling this guy's ball. <laughs> so, uh, uh, let's see. We find out that the other prisoner who uh, he started the fight with is named Laughlin. And uh, Four Eyes' name is Weiss. Uh, Weiss basically is trying to put in the code, but he can't. And Arnold thinks it's because they're inside and the walls are blocking him. So everybody heads outside. But then it, the code still isn't working because there's a guard on another computer outside the deadline who's like stopping him somehow. I, I don't really understand how their computer system works. But basically, Weiss has to like out hack the other guard 
in order to deactivate the deadline. Everyone's yeah. been there, right? Yeah. You've done that before, right? Jeremy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nonstop hacking. Yeah. It's well, you were the world job. national hacking champion in like 1994, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was 90, it was the 93, 94 season. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, much like the NBA. <laughs> I don't know. This whole thing, uh, their security system is dumb because why do they ever have to turn it off if they're not wearing bomb colors? Why couldn't they just walk across the line? Um, <laughs> well, I think at the beginning they were putting new prisoners into, so they had to turn off the line. But gotcha. That should okay. be like a once every two weeks thing, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, also, like so many of these guards die. And at that point, if I'm a guard, I'm just like, I'm not fucking dying for this prison camp. Like, I'd be like, <laughs> later, and just book it out to a car. And like, just be like, they knocked me out. I couldn't do it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just our, yeah, play dead. Yeah. Um, I heard I always, a fight going on. I always and... think of that, like, when, when there's like, a superhero or something like during superhero movies I'm like why are you still shooting at him like you're like one, you're like there's three people left fucking i would be yeah. i would have ran like when you still <laughs> yeah. killing a bunch of other people yeah. or even like within the terminator which granted they're all cops but you know i still would have like when he's going through the uh the movie and the, how like, else are they gonna solve their problems <laughs> good point there it's true if they would have cast oj originally as a terminator it would have made a lot more sense as well just, they start shooting before he pulls out a gun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, excuse me, officer. Uh, oh. Institutionalized racism. Uh, so the uh, as as Weiss is trying to out hack the guard, the fence looks like it goes down, and so one of the prisoners makes a break for it. His name is Chico. Uh, everybody starts yelling at him not to make a break for it because apparently everybody else can see that it's not fully down. Uh, but Chico. then he just keeps what Chico, aka the 1980s Pablo or Pedro Pascal. Yeah, <laughs> looks exactly like him. the same guy I've mentioned before. Uh, so he starts booking it for the fence, and everybody's yelling at him to stop, but he doesn't. He keeps going, and eventually his whole head just becomes like a fine red mist. Yeah, my note is poor Chico just yeah. doesn't listen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they have those things in like Fallout video games. And what? It's always, uh, the bomb collars. Oh, really? So, it's always mm. fun to do that. Mm. Um, yeah, and then right after this, they finally escape. But this is like ten minutes into the film, and the opening credits are still going on. Yeah, Aren't yeah, they really. The, the credits are still going on the entire time they're in the prison. Camp. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So everybody escapes, but not before Arnold takes almost a full second to oh. uh, mourn Chico. So uh, Laughlin shoots the guard, Weiss gets the deadline down, everybody escapes. Um, we then cut to some time later, and we see Arnold, Laughlin, and Weiss. I guess I should call him Richards, but I just keep calling him Arnold. Uh, Arnold, Laughlin, and Weiss end up in an encampment of like poor people in Los Angeles somewhere. Uh, I'm somewhere in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, they're listening to, well, the... Uh, propaganda is being broadcast throughout the encampment on this giant jumbotron when all of a sudden Frank Zappa's kid uh, yeah. comes out of nowhere to yeah. lead them to a uh, resistance tent. Dweezil? Yeah, Dweezil Zappa. What the fuck? Frank Zappa's a weird dude, yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say, it's Frank Zappa. <laughs> I love that guy. What's his other... What's what's the, the daughter's uh, name? Uh, He's got like two or three Moon? other kids. They were all Moon. weird. Moon yeah. unit. Moon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. She's the one I actually invented uh, Valley Girl talk. Oh, really? Like she used to do it to like make fun of people, and I think Frank Zappa put it yeah. one of his hmm. albums, and it became like a thing after that. Wow! Yeah, and they had that show on FX back in the day. I don't what show? remember that show. I don't know. Okay. It came on. It came on after wrestling, so I watched it a few <laughs> okay. times. Wait, there used to be wrestling on FX, or maybe not FX. Uh, maybe it was FX. I don't know. I mean, it's it, possible like, when they first started. Yeah, there was Thursday Night Smackdown, I think. Yeah, this was late 90s. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Zappa leads them to uh, a tent where they meet the underground, which is run by fucking Mick Fleetwood. Okay, so well, real quick, because I forgot to mention it. The lady on TV mentions uh, to turn in your parents, by the way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's, which, there's a lot of propaganda stuff going which on. Which is a, like a deliberate like Hitler Youth reference, according to the trivia. Oh, wow. Tweezle Zappa and a beret. Has anyone ever looked cool in a beret? No, especially not with a unibrow. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, you said uh, Mick Fleetwood. Yeah, Mick just Fleetwood like Mac. it's old Mick Fleetwood. And I, normally I would just think that was like stunt casting or something. Except that when he's talking to Arnold and he's like, he's like, you're one of the cops who put away all my friends and burned my songs. It's, it's, so it's literally Mick Fleetwood. The drummer from Fleetwood Mac is leading the resistance. because he's like, you're one of the friends that... Cops. Oh, you're one of the cops that put away all my friends and then burned <laughs> all my songs. Like, not Ringo Starr, Mick Fleetwood. He's, he's British. He, he's definitely British. Oh, he is? Yeah, he's yeah. British. Like, they it, started was... in Britain, but uh, what's his name? Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. Oh, I thought the they met was, in LA. I thought the other one's name was... Because uh, every time I see, like, kept typing it out, it was like Fleetwood Mick. And then I thought the other one's name was like... Um, yeah, you know, his Mick. name is Mick Fleetwood. The other guy's name is something Mac. Fleetwood something. Mick? Yeah, Fleetwood Mick. No, this guy, like I kept putting in my notes, is Fleetwood Mick. And then the other guy's name, like the other Fleetwood person, is probably like Mac Fleetwood. What? Yeah. It <laughs> makes sense a... to me. Like <laughs> like if one of them's name is like Fleetwood or Mac Fleetwood and then his name is... Anyway. Okay, moving on. So apparently this was his acting debut. But... <laughs> cool. It, I, I think he does a pretty decent job. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird that he it's, is playing himself. Yes, but it made me wonder if he's so bad at acting that they ended up having to use his real name because he wouldn't respond <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> like originally, like his name was like Johnny, and the director would call. He's like action, and then the other actor was like, "So Johnny, what do you think?" And then uh, Fleetwood's just like sitting there staring, staring at him, and the director's like, "That's your cue, Mick. That's your cue." <laughs> <laughs> like every time the other character calls him Johnny, he's just like. I think like he's turns, talking turn, to you. Yeah, he's like, turn, yeah, exactly. bloody hell pretty much, Johnny. Yeah, pretty much just the Simpsons thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, this scene always cracks me up because it, it's, you know, like he's obviously Mick Fleetwood, as we're talking about. But they're like, burnt my tapes and now I'm part of the resistance. It's like, yeah, I mean, they're kind of authoritarian, but I would think if they were going to go take some like rock and roll and descent <laughs> stuff like Fleetwood Mac wouldn't be top of that fucking it's list. Like the most vanilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one listens to Fleetwood Mac and everybody's it's just ready burning to go. Numbers. Yeah. Ready to fight some people and shit. No, they're like, Oh man, I'm sad. Like if anything, you'd let people listen to that shit. I keep them distracted. And I love Fleetwood Mac. So it's, not it's, any... it's good music, but it's, yeah, it's not. It's punk. It's not... Did you hear that this year's Ridge Gets Machine is touring with Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> yeah. Cops better watch out. Those <laughs> Mackians are coming after him. Um, so apparently people had a theory going that Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mick uh, plays himself mainly because of the, the name thing, but, uh, I guess Steven D'Souza confirmed that sort of like during that this interview that I'll, I'll show you guys later. He yeah. kind of mentions that. Yeah. Well, he was just playing like an older version of himself. Anyway. Yeah. Um, one, uh, his character, I think it's spelt with one or M I. It's just M I C. Uh, yeah. And his name is actually M I C K. So. Oh, okay. Exaggerated version. of himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a um, little different. And also, he has hair and that <laughs> but in real life at this point he was already very bald so um, <laughs> at, at really at in least, 80 whatever 87 at least give me hair when I've got to hold him there because he talks to me <laughs> yeah. well, I get yeah, in there. 2017 okay yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry. yeah. <laughs> at least I'll, I'll start growing my hair back yeah <laughs> new technology <laughs> uh, so while they're in the tent meeting Mick uh, he's removing the bomb collars from all their neck uh, very carefully, and then him and Arnold are kind of arguing because he just hates cow. He just hates cops um, because they threw all his friends in prison and yeah. burned all his songs. Yeah, uh, yeah. So in the scene, um, Arnold tells Mick, uh, calls him a bunch of low foreheads who think they can change the world through dreams <laughs> and talk. Yeah. Um, so I was like, "What the hell is a low forehead?" So I looked it up, and uh, according to the um, amazing source of urbandictionary.com it, it, that is the opposite of highbrow a low forehead and uh, it's used by Austrian immigrants to California so that's like the etymology of it is Austrian immigrants that immigrate to California they're the ones that call people low foreheads uh, and that also um, led me to the band Arno Core, which um, they make a bunch of songs based on Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Um, they're pretty great because all the lyrics are just lines to the movie. 
<laughs> and uh what kind of music is it just kind of like hard rock stuff no it's like metal punk metal like Got thrash it. thrash metal guess you can say uh <laughs> yeah and it's pretty good so not bad all those people out there listening uh wait till you're done with this podcast and then listen to each of them again all of our podcasts <laughs> and then when you're done with that go listen to arno core because they're pretty Corps. great <laughs> that's what the song's called right uh, that's what the band's called oh sorry the, no 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 like the low forehead thing oh yeah that's how i found arno core is looking right. up low forehead okay so apparently it was an insult from he got from bodybuilders he he met like i said he mentions it in the book uh with a story, I definitely want to tell you guys. So he's talking about meeting up with a man, or he's talking about a meeting that that his manager set up with Dino De Laurentiis. Mm-hmm. You guys know who that is? I know no. the it's, name De, De Laurentiis. That's it's like a famous, famous producer, right? Yeah, famous like Hollywood producer, especially I'm assuming at, at the time. Yeah. Anyway, he says uh, when Larry uh, when Larry and I were at the Dino's office, he's like, it, it was just like a setup from from The Godfather. Dino sat behind his desk at one end of the room. And at the other end of the room behind us was a connection of De Laurentiis uh, from Italy, a producer named Dino Conte. De Laurentiis was like an emperor. He had this huge, ornate ornate antique desk, long and wide, and maybe even a little taller than the standard desk. And I was like, wow, I look at the desk, I thought. Dino himself was a very little guy, very short, and I had this urge to say something complimentary, but also funny. What popped out of my mouth was, why does a little guy like you need such a big desk? <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me and said, but by the way... I want to make a note real fast that he says it like he wrote it this way in the book phonetically. So I'm not it's just not me being an asshole. Like when I mentioned <laughs> this, like how, how he says that deal, what he says, dealer oh, said back to him. So Arnold's like he looked at me and says, uh, you have an accent. I cannot use a you. You cannot not. You cannot. Not, oh, he was trying to be uh, he was trying to audition for Flash Gordon. You cannot not be Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon American. Ah. And he actually says ah on the book. It says ah on the book. <laughs> so, okay. So, so he, he continues like, uh, I thought he must be joking. What do you mean I have an accent? What about you? The whole thing was going south. <laughs> yep. So, yeah. so he says, De Laurentiis announced the meeting is over, which I'm surprised he didn't put like, the meeting is over. But, you know. <laughs> and then Larry and I heard uh, Dino Conte stand up behind us and say, this way, please. So they went outside and he says, Larry exploded as soon as we got uh, in the parking lot. One minute and 40 seconds, Larry screamed. This was the shortest meeting I've ever had with any producer because you decided to fuck it up. Do you know how long I've waited or, or I've worked on this meeting? Do you know how many months it took to get into this fucking office? And you say to the guy that he's little instead of maybe saying the opposite, that he's tall or that he's much taller than you thought he was. He's a monster. He's as big as Will Chamberlain. (laughs) And maybe just forget about the desk and just sit down and talk to him about your acting career. (laughs) And then Arnold's thinking, like, I realize at this point my mouth got in the way again. (laughs) (laughs) And then he he says to Larry, he's like, what can I tell you? You're right. That was a real forehead move. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then he says that forehead was a term I picked up from body build, uh, from my bodybuilder friend Bill Drake, who used it all the time. Look at that Archie Bunker over there. He'd say, "Look, what the forehead!" Like meaning like a lowbrow idiot. Yeah. yeah. I just I just assumed it was a caveman thing. That's all. Like, yeah. I didn't realize there was that much etymology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calling somebody a troglodyte. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Also in this scene, we get we get a lot of like pretty smooth exposition in this scene i feel like they really didn't need that opening crawl because they talk about a lot of this stuff i don't know all that stuff gets revealed in the movie through the dialogue they could have just been like oh they escaped what like wait what was the the opening crawl like that oh yeah gives you all that information about how it's a surveillance state when they're everything is censored they talk about all that stuff i really don't feel like they needed that stuff i don't know uh but you get a lot of dialogue about how much everything is censored and how how everything that comes out over the media is like propaganda and stuff um including the fact that they clearly framed arnold for whatever happened in bakersfield because he they refer to him as the butcher of bakersfield um and then they are also giving us a little bit of information about what the resistance is after which they need to find the network uplink and the access code so that they can sort of take over the airwaves and broadcast the truth, as they say. But Arnold doesn't want to have anything to do with that. He just wants to fucking get out of here. 
So we cut to another later time. I don't know if it's like a day later or whatever, but... It's always nighttime. Yeah. Uh, Arnold is getting ready to leave, and Laughlin and Weiss ask him if he's sure he doesn't want to join the Resistance or the Underground. And he says no, because his brother Vincent is going to give him out of the city. Uh, <laughs> did he really say Vincent? No, he didn't. Okay. His brother's name is Edward. But, okay, you know. I was going to say. I was really uh, hoping it'd be Danny. To that's a, that's it's oh. the twins. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, and then there's just a line I like here, which is uh, as he's leaving, he's like, "I'll see you guys at the ten year prison reunion." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Uh, I like how Arnold is. Um, he's like a wanted fugitive. You know, and he's a pretty big deal as mm-hmm. far as like fugitive goes. Yeah. So he's already not incognito that much as it is because he's six two and like yeah by virtue gigantic. of being him yeah yeah. But then he puts on a fucking like yellow hat on top of that. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'm a wanted fugitive. Better like try to get out of the city. Let me be as uh, conspicuous as possible. He's dressed like he's going but, to an audition but, for an extra as a construction worker. But then on yeah. top of that, he hops into a car but with a bunch of tiny little Mexican immigrants. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like so he gets on a flatbed. It's yeah. a flatbed exactly. truck too. It's not yeah. even a car. <laughs> so like, he's gonna be so visible. I wonder if he like Come on, we're all immigrants here. Exactly. Like he goes in there, he's like, What are you talking about? The immigrants, I'm an immigrant, I, I do not see the difference. Like, come on. Come on, amigo. <laughs> <laughs> Mi hermano. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I was, I mean, not I was, I've seen this movie a million times, but it's like, man, are we finally getting to see, like, Arnold's brother? You know, a member <laughs> yeah. of Arnold's family that's yeah. not a child or, like, you know, he's married to, but of course not. No. He's dead. I mean, besides Danny DeVito, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. So <laughs> I like how the one the one member of his family that they show he's a he's just sorry, like they he's literally want him make, to they, be... they make him like mute like he's like oh you're you're a, a genetic mutation <laughs> yeah <laughs> like literally try to make him the opposite of Arnold <laughs> uh, oh I guess his child and junior well I, that's a child never mind uh, from after seeing Arnold take off on that truck we cut to the ICS building. ICS being like the main broadcast station of the government. ICS is actually um, in Terminator Three. It's the parent company of Skynet. So, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, let's see. As as we are at the ICS building, we see a limousine pull up, and we meet Damon Killian uh, pulling up in a limo and greeting all of his adoring fans waiting outside. Uh, once he as he's going into the building, he. <laughs> He like fires a janitor just for like basically getting in his way a little bit. He's he's really nice. Like he perfectly embodies a soulless Hollywood asshole executive because <laughs> he walks in. The guy with the mop gets in his way just a little bit and hits his foot. And then he, he's like, oh, man, it's totally fine. You're totally fine. You're great. I love you. You're great. And then as soon as he's out of earshot, he's probably not even out of earshot. He goes to his assistant and he's like, if that motherfucker is still mopping tomorrow, you're going to be mopping for the rest of the week. It's just the, the perfect way to, to, like, to like set him up as a uh, villain right away. Yeah. Like, let's, let's fire, like, the innocent old guys. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Mr. Yeah, yeah. Killian. And he's, like, super yeah. nice about it, too. But, like, he's such a fucking asshole. So, um, in the book, uh, so in the movie, it's Damon Killian. In the book, mm-hmm. it's Dan Killian. And the guy that he fires is named Dan. So that's it. (laughs) I don't know if there's a connection there or whatever, but firing itself. Yeah. It's firing the name. This is what it would have been. Uh, As he gets into the elevator, we meet, uh, we already met his assistant. They were talking about ratings before the mop thing happened. We also meet his like personal bodyguard dude, who is probably the only guy in the movie who looks like he could take Arnold. Aside from maybe Jesse Ventura? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's one of his friends, too. Like, in real life. Oh, really? Like, Sven? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I... Yeah, I had it, and I think I deleted it. But I'm pretty sure that's one of his, like, body, other bodybuilders. Yeah. Uh, so, they go up in the elevator. We then go back to Arnold as he shows up at his brother, who was actually named Edward. He shows up to his brother's apartment. And he has the code, and it works. So, he get, goes into the apartment... And then he just finds a bunch of, like, ladies' clothes all over the place. Um, so, clearly, he's a little confused. Which makes me think, like, just right now, like, I have 
a key to like because i always make copies of my keys because i always lose my keys of mm-hmm. a bunch of apartments do they replace keys because i have a keys to, to like tons yeah. of apartments yeah i think they changed the lock oh, okay yeah. yeah but also i if i rolled into my brother's spot and there's a bunch of ladies everywhere or ladies clothes everywhere i'd be like <laughs> yeah all right Jeff. oh, I, oh okay work, i was thinking bro. like oh what is he not telling me yeah. <laughs> I thought we were both going to think the same thing, which is like, this obviously is not my brother's apartment. Oh, no, I thought, like, he's like, oh, Edward, Edward, Edward's going through some changes. He's like, that's, that's what I, that's what I thought. Oh, man, I have to start being supportive. <laughs> I, I got to think about what I'm going to say to him. Sorry. Think of a good line. Think of a good line. <laughs> he starts trying to write jokes. Yeah. I got to break the tension somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we cut back to Killian, who is getting. I, I I wasn't sure how to transition from jail to. The, <laughs> you get it because you transition. Like okay. we're both in transition. You get it. Uh, okay, we have to cut that one. <laughs> no, it's pretty good. Uh, that was all right. Uh, we cut back to Killian, who is getting ready for the that night's episode of The Running Man. Or maybe it's that week's episode of The Running Man. Uh, We find out some things about The Running Man, which is that he created the show and that they work directly with the Justice Department, basically, because the basis of The Running Man is that you get a fugitive, they come on the show. If they can survive all four quadrants of the game area as they're being hunted by the stalkers, uh, they get get a prize. Basically, it can range from time off their sentence all the way up to like a full pardon. Oh, well, um, one of them also is a trial by jury. That is one of the rewards yeah, that's that they one can of the... get. Um, also, there's a poster in the background of when he's talking called The Hate Boat. That's the show. <laughs> so not quite The Love Boat, just The Hate Boat. Uh, we also kind of find out that Killian's relationship with the Justice Department, like he clearly thinks that he's got them under his thumb because he, his, his uh, producer guy is like, what do I do? The Justice Department is on the phone. And he's like, fuck him. He's just like... Tell them to go fuck themselves. At this point, we see a woman entering what we think is Edward's apartment or where where Arnold is. Uh, she comes home. She kind of takes her shoes off, relaxes from work, gets some food going. And then she starts working out. Uh, for some reason, she decides to start working out in lingerie. Was, was it lingerie? Yeah, it's like is a nightgown. Is that not how women work out? No, yeah. Full makeup. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. hair done. Lingerie. I just thought it was like I mean I don't I don't go to the gym so I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not around um, a lot of women so I don't know either. <laughs> uh, anyway, we see <laughs> this is why we're doing this podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to meet babes. <laughs> Hello, cutie which is pies. going <laughs> which is going really well considering every other episode is about masturbation. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Uh, well, it gives them a problem, and then they can come solve it. Like, <laughs> well, I'm around him. He won't need to masturbate anymore. Like, All right. Uh, Just kidding. I'm married. Hi. I love you. Uh, we also, she's working out to uh, an amazing exercise tape as led by Jesse Ventura as Captain Freedom. Who is just fucking brilliant in this movie? I love him in this movie. Yeah, which they don't have an, uh, that workout tape available. I was really? sad. No. That is sad. Uh, let's see. As she's working out, uh, the news broadcast interrupts her her exercise program and shows Arnold breaking out of the prison. And we get the kind of the full story of how the government framed him for killing everybody in Bakersfield because you see some of the. Or you don't see it, but they talk about how he basically went rogue and killed everyone at that food riot. Yeah, but he he also has a mustache in the picture. He does? Yeah. yeah. Like, he has a mustache? Like, he that, that's what he grew up first, before he got the beard? <laughs> like, when they arrest him, he's like, I'm just gonna, you know, I, I've always wanted to, like, grow the mustache. I'm, I'm in prison now. I mean, yeah. I might as well. Yeah. I don't have to shave all the time. But then he's that's like, not fresh fuck, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fuck it. I'm going the whole thing. Maybe he's just, that's what grows fastest. <laughs> <laughs> like a full mustache before anything else yeah <laughs> his facial hair he see he can't he can't look scruffy or anything so his facial hair just comes in full in certain <laughs> yeah. parts of it goes to sleep and then one day <laughs> next day wake up full he's mustache. like the santa claus like, <laughs> like in the tim allen movie um, yeah i mean i have the opposite problem like i can grow a pretty mean beard but my mustache is always pretty weak so, like, if I were to get rid of the beard and just leave the mustache, I would look 
like a sex offender. Sorry to say. <laughs> I like how you're trying to like think of a way to. What's the best way to like the least? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as the news is playing, uh, <laughs> Arnold puts his hand over Amber's mouth to keep her from screaming, and basically asks her like, "Where's my brother? What are you doing here?" And she tells him. That she moved in a month ago and that the previous tenant was taken away for re-education. Mm-hmm. So he gets sad for a half a second as he realizes what happened to his brother. And then she tries to escape and he like basically uh, has to like capture and keep her quiet so that she doesn't rat him out. I'm always wondering why he's not wearing clothes. I think he was taking a shower, but they don't really show us. <laughs> well, his hair shaved. is wet. Oh, yeah, yeah he's he shaved, shaved. So that's true. That's yep. Yeah. Okay. But still, though, like, if... Put your pants back on, bro. But, like, <laughs> on top of that, like, how does he get the clothes that he has? Because he's wearing something white after that in the next scene, which we're going to get to in a second. He's but, like... He's wearing but, a lot of different clothes after But, that. like, well, yeah, but, like, is he wearing her clothes? Or was it just, like, some clothes that his brother left there? Or, like... Or maybe she's getting some, and those are clothes that the last dude left. Oh, I thought no. maybe just, like, she thought... He's like, she's like, well, the other old tenant's clothes are here. I might as well just leave them here, you know? <laughs> Like, I don't want to disturb. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, we go back to Killian, who is kind of running through. He's, he's looking for new contestants, and he's not really satisfied with any of them, as his producers are showing him all these different people. Uh, and then he sees Arnold out on the screen uh, on the news, uh, breaking out of prison. And he says, get me that guy. And this is this is the part where we find out that they don't usually get political prisoners. They can't get political prisoners from the Justice Department. They usually have to settle for like normal, regular yeah. criminals or whatever. Yeah, and he uh, tells them to give me the entertainment division of the Justice Department on the phone. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. he, but then he changes it. Then he's like, actually, get me the president's agent, which is a good line. That's a... <laughs> but before that, we see a picture when they're scrolling through stuff of Mato Babyface March. <laughs> Which Who was is a an literal actual, baby. Yeah, an actual baby. Which <laughs> yeah. I was like, huh, what did that fucking baby do? Uh, Damn. Fucking must have done something horrible to him <laughs> on that list. Because the other two the other two contestants that I, that they actually yeah. talk about are a murder-suicide and a teacher who stabbed his wife. Oh, I was like, student, that makes sense. No, like, no it's a teacher who stabbed his wife and kid, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, like, I was, I, I, I uh, paused it and then kind of looked back because I wanted to see what this fucking baby did. I was like, oh, this baby's going to do something good, but they didn't show it. I was like, damn, motherfuckers. I wonder if they, like, went through, they're like, no, just move on. Like, don't, don't put what the baby did. <laughs> yeah. Don't go that dark. Yeah. Uh, so, we cut back to Amber's apartment. Uh, she is now tied up to, like, her exercise machine, and Arnold's kind of going through her shit, trying to find something. He notes that she's partaking in some, like, illegal stuff, some censored media and uh, illegal clothes. I don't know why clothes are illegal, but whatever. Uh, He finds her secret stash of money, and then he basically says he's going to force her to take him on a flight to Hawaii. Because she's got a travel pass, and he doesn't. And then she's like, why would I do that? And he's... He literally rips her fucking exercise machine Mm -hmm. out of the ground, and he goes... He goes, because I'm going to say please. <laughs> and just, like, scares the shit out of her. Yeah. Basically, like, I could crush you into t- yeah, into a million bits, so that's why you're going to do it. Um, it works. Yeah. It's very effective. Lifting stuff up works. That's good to know. Like, <laughs> next time, like, uh, so I get mad at someone, I'm just going to lift something up. Yep. Or try to lift something up and, and get a hernia. You know, <laughs> just, either way. Impress Erica by lifting something off the desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they go to the airport... <laughs> And for some reason, Arnold is dressed like Dodson from Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Because apparently that's how you are fucking, that's how you get through security, like, incognito. (laughs) Jesus. Oh my god. He has the fucking, yeah, he has his ugly ass Hawaiian shirt on. He's got the fucking, uh, what do you call that Uh, hat? It's called a Panama hat. Yeah, Panama hat. That's what it is. Yeah, it's the white guy going to a tropical area. (laughs) Yeah, vacation hat. Laura talked about it during collateral (laughs) damage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's got, he's got Amber with him and she's kind of forcing him, he's kind of forcing her through security and he pulls like (laughs) the easiest trick in the book on the security guard, which is that he has, when the security guard asks for their travel pass, he scans hers as his own, and then he starts giving the security guard some crap about how she's always losing stuff, and it's in her purse, 
And so they start ruffling through it and throwing stuff at the guard, like throwing clothes on it, like, guard's please like, hold this. Women, go. And, yeah, and then the impatient, like, thankfully there's an impatient fat lady behind him who's like, we all got a plane <laughs> to catch. And that works because clearly 9-11 didn't happen in this universe. So, like, the TSA doesn't exist. But, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that happened. Because the security is, like, how it was in the 80s. You just walk through one metal detector and have to show your pass or whatever. Yeah, but you think 9-11 would have super happened in that universe then. You would think so. still like that, but anyway. I don't know. No, because they got rid of rock and roll. Ah, (laughs) that was it. Fleet with Mac. Okay, that's true. Like, uh... The terrorists Again. were like, up, oh, we won. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we won. Call it a day. <laughs> uh, let's see. So they're walking down the, the hallway. And I just, or no, they're not on the hallway yet. Sorry. Uh, they're on the tram to the gate. And I just really like this line, which is she threatens to throw up on him because mm. she gets airsick and sick on planes. And he goes, go ahead. It won't show on this shirt. <laughs> just like, again, you pick the shirt, bro. <laughs> like... They're walking down the hallway now, trying to get to the plane. Amber, like, sees a guard and realizes this is her opportunity. So she hits him in the balls and stomps on his foot. But then it cuts to Arnold's face, and it looks like he Nothing. pinched her. Nothing. Or, like, <laughs> she pinched like, him. He's like, yeah. like, he's like, ah, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but she, like, wails on his balls with the back of her hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She, like, she, like, yeah. <laughs> wails on his balls. Yeah, she does, like, a, like, a fucking old school, like, uh, baseball windup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Walter like, Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Like, Walter Johnson baseball windup for it, and she fucking nails him. But, yeah. Like, and he's then, like, Nuh. he looks mildly yeah. amused. Like, he's like, ah. Uh, and anyway, uh, she starts yelling about who he is, that he's Ben Richards, the butcher of Bakersfield, and that she, that he kidnapped her. Uh, the guards start to give chase, and then he runs out onto the tarmac and is running away, but there's a bunch of guards in a car, and one of the guards catches him with one of those sweet-ass yeah, net guns. Hits, that yeah. fucking, that thing's fucking sweet. Yeah, I don't know why, like, actual police don't use that more. Because they have tear gas and yeah, Yeah. I was about to say they have tear gas and rubber bullets. Yeah, it'd be nice if they would just they're like, oh fuck, they're running and like I don't have to shoot them, but you know, like just fucking net somebody. Uh, I'm curious if uh, the if if police ever watch this and they're like, they see him getting like uh, netted up and they're like. So do they sh- do we sh- do they shoot him after he's netted it or like- <laughs> they're, they're like oh I see the net has yeah, holes in it so exactly. we can shoot him. Exactly. <laughs> uh, they catch him. Oh, at this point he gets thrown in a cell. So I don't know how much time has passed by, but he gets thrown in a cell, and we find that Killian is waiting for him and basically offers him uh, the Running Man. Uh, and just another good line here, which is he asks Arnold if he knows who he is, and he goes, "Yeah, you're the asshole on TV." And then Killian fires right back. I was going to say the same thing about you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Actually, this time was the first time I noticed that Killian calls Arnold cutie pie. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why Arnold says that to him later on. Yeah, I didn't so. notice that. Yeah, he basically turns this entire speech back on, around on him at the end. I, you know, like just. You mentioned it, like, uh, this whole conversation right now, it, uh, Richard Dawson was good in this movie. He was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. I mean, for me personally, I like Arnold. I think he's, we're, we're going to talk about Commando later. I think he acts better in this than he did in Commando. Yeah. But I think Richard Dawson easily makes this movie, like, by yeah. a lot. He's a fucking huge just, part of this movie and he sells himself. it. Yeah, he sells it <laughs> so hard just by being himself. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, let's see. So... Anyway, Killian offers to put Arnold on the running man so that he can get a part in whatever because he really wants him on there. Uh, Arnold basically, I think, exactly says, fuck you. And then Killian blackmails him by saying, we caught your friends Weiss and Laughlin. And if you don't go, they're going to go in your place. Uh, So he basically at that point has to volunteer and agree because they helped him get out of prison. He agrees, and then they we go to this scene of him getting like uh, a bunch of medical shit done to getting, him. They basically make him radioactive so they can trace him. Getting total recalled. Yeah, basically. Like that seemed like a scene on Total Recall where he's like sleazy. I think total Recall came out after this. Yeah, yeah. So they uh. stole it from this. Oh. Mm. <laughs> they they hook up a barium IV to him to make him radioactive so they can trace him. They inject some shit between his fingers. Does not explain what it is. No, it doesn't explain what it is, but it fucking... I've had that done to me once. It fucking hurts. 
What do they inject between your fingers, you freak? A fucking painkiller. It's when I Ooh. when I knocked the when I crushed my pinky and they were gonna have to tear my my nail was like halfway torn out. They were gonna have to tear it the rest of the way when out. Did you crush your pinky at work? Working on a machine and just got my I pinky crushed. This, this was last year. Okay, I was but like, anyway, I was probably talk to my family more. But whatever. <laughs> they were gonna rip my uh, fingernail out. They had to poke me like three times, like right there with mm. painkiller. It yeah. was fucking terrible. Well, the third time it wasn't so bad. But... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was this like an all-over painkiller? Was just like right? In no, the... no, it was literally just oh, okay. to numb. Those aren't fun. numb. It's the, the my yeah, hand. the IV ones are fun. <laughs> oh, and then uh, they inject something into his bicep too, which surprisingly didn't break the injector. <laughs> uh, Wait, so did they mention like? They made him radioactive so they could track him, and I just never noticed that. No, they didn't mention it, but that's what barium is. Barium is the shit they make you did, drink did when they, they want to do an x-ray on your stomach. So oh, they yeah. see it going Wait, through your... When did your... they say barium? Or was it just on there? That, that's just one of the things they said as they were putting him through that medical stuff. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't even know. Start that. the barium IV. Oh, okay. I didn't even... I just yeah. heard IV. Yeah, I've had that stuff before. It's Yeah, it's gross. fucking disgusting. Yeah, they make you drink it, and then they can see what's going on. Like, they can see it flow through your uh, digestive system, basically. Cool. Uh, we I cut it, it was going to taste like berries the one time I had it. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> makes you think it's going to taste like strawberries, yeah, yeah, not like fucking, is, uh... <laughs> I don't know, radioactive waste, apparently. I don't know. Uh, we cut back to Amber back at her apartment, and she experiences the propaganda firsthand as they kind of explain what happens at the airport, but then add in some details that didn't happen, that he, like, shot the security guard and some flight attendants and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's starting to be disillusioned uh, with the the government we then go back to arnold as he's getting prepped for the running man show and uh the the court appointed agent yeah the court appointed agent shows up and says it's time and he has to explain his contract to him basically as he's walking out to get on the show at this point we start a montage which is like the intro to the show so we get to see the dancers on stage um, there's a bunch of female dancers just like prepping the audience for the show and going through the theme song. Uh, we see the audience filling the the show stadium. We also see the audience like outside starting like the bedding and stuff out in the streets. We see the producers behind the scenes in like the booth or whatever. Uh, we see Buzz Shaw, we see Buzzsaw, who is the first of the stalkers we're introduced to, uh, show up to the studio. Um, that motherfucker see- picks up a his bike would <laughs> yeah come on man Arnold could have picked that up with one arm like <laughs> yeah. the bike yeah. it's not even a steel beam yeah. what is he doing he's using two arms what are you see those tires are filled with air nothing <laughs> nothing at all uh, um yeah at this point uh Laura commented that this movie is aggressively 80s <laughs> it is it is aggressively 80s in this montage but I also think this montage is really just like really good really well put together Really effective at introducing all of the elements that we're going to be seeing for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So we go back to Amber, who's now in the hallway at ICS uh, after work with one of her friends. Uh, she sees Arnold as they're leading him to the to the uh, studio on his way. And the lawyer is still taking him through page after page of that contract that he has to sign at the end. Uh, S- speaking of aggressively 80s fucking shoulder pads yo yeah. <laughs> like, her friend has, that dates yeah. that movie yeah the shoulder pads and say one of the bigger ones yeah. it's like come on I, I mean but at least it helped pad the scene out you know <laughs> okay keep Stupid. going keep going go go uh so amber sees arnold he kind of stares her down the whole way down the hallway and she's clearly kind of shaken by it and ditches her friend after her friend is a fucking real creep uh, oh yeah she's like yeah. she's like uh, like wow fantasy yeah she's yeah. like wow a guy like that what would have stopped him from killing you or raping you and killing you or killing you then raping you it's like what the fuck that's so weird i mean yeah. it makes sense if this show's on the on tv you're growing yeah up i guess show. yeah fuck so amber kind of ditches her friend uh and goes off somewhere else Killian starts the show and clearly has the audience in the palm of his hand. They fucking love him. He plays them like an orchestra. Uh, Arnold 
gets to the stage basically the agent finishes explaining his contract then tells him he has to sign he signs the con- he starts signing the contract and the agent's like here use my bag he gets a smirk on his face signs the contract and then fucking stabs the pan <laughs> into the agent's shoulder and i love the reaction from this guy he just goes ah! he, then he turns around like looks at the pan looks at arnold he's like ah! and he just runs away <laughs> It's fucking great. That guy's the what best. Say? What? Don't forget to send me a copy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he says. Uh, Killian introduces the doctored footage of what happens in Bakersfield. Basically, framing Arnold and turning the audience against him. They edit it and chop it up to make it look like instead of refusing to kill people, he refuses it. They make it look like he refuses to like turn away and yeah, and show mercy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so about this scene, uh, first mm-hmm. my note says, I'm glad they got the footage of the massage at Bakersfield. So that's just a typo <laughs> on my part. Um, but uh, where I was going with that is like the footage that they have is just like movie footage. Yeah. Yes. So it's kind of weird. Like it's exactly what we saw. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, how was, uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> which is. I guess they have cameras everywhere. You know, surveillance yeah. state. Yeah. But um, yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, it, it's like the exact same shots. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, that 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 just means that they have literally like six cameras inside that helicopter <laughs> catching yeah. like every angle. So we were watching the surveillance footage <laughs> yeah. of it, not the other way around. Uh, we cut back up to Amber, who is upstairs and starting to break into the records room. Uh, Killian is downstairs. He introduces Whitman, Price, and Haddad who are last year's winners uh, or last season's winners who are on vacation in Hawaii because they were all awarded full pardons, I think. Um, Killian then reveals... Oh, and then we are introduced to Arnold. He comes out on the stage. They put him in the little uh, seat of the rocket sled thing that he's going to be riding. And then Killian reveals that Weiss and Laughlin are also going in anyway. And uh, Arnold turns around, sees this, and just mutters to himself son of a bitch because he got double crossed before the thing even started one more thing about the footage of the massacre at bakersfield is like i'm really glad they properly labeled their cover-ups in their filing system you're like <laughs> yeah. all right this is like here's thing Bakers- that we're doing. yeah here's bakersfield edited here's bakersfield real footage <laughs> yeah here's bakersfield gag edit <laughs> <laughs> blooper reel yeah <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, uh, yeah it's just weird that they're yeah. doing some crazy cover-up <laughs> yeah like she works there but also yeah but she works in the music department why would she know yeah and know. she wasn't aware of the cover-ups however she could just walk in there like anytime and look at it i guess yeah. i don't know just i mean this surveillance police state thing they're they need to get a lot better at security <laughs> yeah, because seriously. that prison camp and then like their cover-ups and everything and they're just their waiting airport to... yeah everything. yeah <laughs> nothing's working out for them it's not a very good police state yeah um oh yeah we just found out weiss and laughlin are going in anyway arnold's pissed and before killian sends him on his way he basically calls killian over and says killian i'll be back oh really i thought it was i will return but, okay <laughs> That uh, might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> Killian. He, he says I'll something. I'll return to, later. Like, what? <laughs> he says something to effect, to the effect that he will eventually, uh, they'll meet again. Yeah, uh, make his way back to that area at some point. Also, uh, and again, I have to Weiss say that. Weiss um, really look like they have to poop when they, they're like. <laughs> I mean, I know hanging like that is probably uncomfortable. Plus, you don't know how long they've been there. They yeah. might have been there for the last three days. That's true. Yeah, and they got like the harness probably crunching their balls. So yeah, true. That true. Would... All the weights on their balls. Uh, and again, I have to note that Killian fires right back. Like, I, I think if this was a worse written movie, that would have just been like a moment where Arnold says, I'll be back. And it's kind of fun because he said that in the other movie. But I think it's way oh, better yeah. that Killian like fires right back. He goes, only in a rerun. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a good line. Yeah. Um, so Arnold, Weiss, and Laughlin take their rocket sleds down that bitchin' slide to the Batcave <laughs> from Batman Forever. Uh, and then they land down in, like, the first quadrant of the play area, basically. And there's just a bunch of people booing at them and throwing shit at them and trying to get them to go to the next area. So here's what I don't get about the show, right? 
Mm-hmm. So uh, it's three hours. Yes. What if like the first stalker kills them in like 20 minutes? Then what are they going to do with the other two hours and 40 minutes? You bring in another yeah. running I, I'm Yeah, maybe they have another contestant. Maybe you just bring the stalker back and like have him celebrate, like do a fucking victory celebration or whatever. I don't know. I was going to say... Talk they, to the audience. I'm, they, I'm sure yeah. he knows how to stretch for time. He's a professional. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and plus, they might call down to this. Like, if they've got a weak guy, they probably tell the stalker, like, hey, you got to, like, make it a show. Make it a little easier on it. Yeah. Gotcha. But I don't know. Okay. Oh, we cut back to Amber. She finds the real footage from what happened at Bakersfield. But right after she finds it, she gets caught. Somebody puts their hand on her shoulder. Uh, we are back to the audience uh this lady is he's killian is talking to this lady from the audience and asking her which stalker should be the first one that they said after arnold and she picks sub-zero or professor sub-zero sorry but by the way who's your guys' favorite stalker right there because mine is that fucking oliver platt looking motherfucker dynamo (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know yeah i mean it'd probably be Dynamo, just because he's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, uh, he I don't know, man. I gotta go with Captain Freedom. Like we don't even see get to really see him do anything, but Captain Freedom. Jesse yeah, Ventura just retired. I feel like Jesse Ventura knew something about what was going on in this movie that some other people didn't know. Like he just like yeah plays the satire in a way that I wouldn't expect from him. I don't know. Yeah, it it feels like there's a whole another movie here where, where it's like Jesse Ventura, like his movie, who his movie, and it's just like. A different version of the wrestler. (laughs) (laughs) The stalker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That'd be great. Um, So yeah, he picks, or sorry, the audience member picks Professor Sub-Zero as the first stalker, who is, what's his name? Professor? Uh, Oh, oh, it's uh, Toru Tanaka, Tanaka, right? Toru Tanaka. Professor Toru Tanaka. Which, I love that guy, but I really only know him from Three Ninjas. (laughs) Oh, he's in fucking Pee Wee's uh, yeah, Big Adventure. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff, but that's he, just always what I remember him from, Three Ninjas. Yeah, he was a famous wrestler back in yes, the day. Yes, exactly, and that's what that's how he got his name, Professor. That was his uh, wrestling name. Oh, okay. I didn't know. He's like Professor of Pain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's basically a... And microbiology. <laughs> <laughs> but mostly pain. He's like yeah. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, Sub Zero is a cold themed stalker who also has like a very sharp hockey stick. Mm-hmm. Um, the contestants start their running. Uh, they just are running out, out of the entry area out into the first like quadrant of the game area. By, by the way, do you guys think that if regular sports are still around, like they're at least have stepped their game up at this point because of the running man? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the NFL is now the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe like baseball incorporated those world war uh one german helmets with a spike on them for their helmets <laughs> and then like so whenever they do like a head first slab they're like yes. yeah. or like even better it's like, much more dangerous to yeah. try and tag them out yeah exactly uh, uh i gotta give props though to um professor sub-zero because yeah. i'm assuming it's the same uh guy as the actor and he's hawaiian so the fact that he can ice skate being from hawaii is mm-hmm pretty impressive so very impressive good friend <laughs> uh we get uh a little bit of commentating from captain freedom as he's up in like as he's up in the like stalker green room or whatever and he sits down and starts to like pontificate about stuff and then killian cuts him off because yeah. killian clearly doesn't like captain freedom. underappreciated seriously uh and it's then insane. the wrestler <laughs> God, like if 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 it would have kind came from his perspective, it would there would have been a Bruce Springsteen song playing in the background, <laughs> like. <laughs> anyway, sorry. There's a joke in there about the boss and me talk to like that by his boss, but I don't know what it is. He um, thought he was the book. I don't know. I'm making a wacky comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this summer. <laughs> he, he be- now he becomes the boss. But then it goes into like, it's just a yeah. really like mi- mixed up trailer. Do yeah. do it plays Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. But then it like goes into like from like, he thought he was the boss. 
but now he's the best. And then it goes into Springsteen. Yeah. In, a, in a world where he thought he was the best. <laughs> Next thing you know. I don't know. All right. Whatever. Let's go. Uh, let's see. The runners are, they go into a building and they find themselves in a hockey rink. All of a sudden the lights uh, go down and Sub-Zero appears. He starts skating around. He separates them. He, he just kind of is like bumping them around and separates them. And Weiss is, <laughs> he like, he hits Weiss. Weiss ends up on the ice. And then he uses the hockey stick to like shove Weiss into the goal. That was cool. Which then closes around him like a bear trap. <laughs> yeah, but Weiss um, is grabbing on to the hockey stick and apparently that's pretty <laughs> sharp. So he doesn't yeah, it's receive any cuts from places, that. But yeah, I don't know. All stuff at the bottom. Yeah. Plus, like, you got all those uh, people that are herding them up when they first get there, yeah. which you see. But, like, they're like, are those guys paid? Or they just do it for the love of it? Like, when they... Well, some of them are cops. Are they? There's a couple. Like, not a lot of them, but some oh, of them are cops. Oh, because they're, like, they're all dressed in, like, S&M gear and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. I, I'm just curious if they're like, what, you guys are filming a game show? Or... <laughs> yeah. No, I just... <laughs> this is, you know... They're just in it for the love of the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they just, like, throwing shit at people. <laughs> Uh, so Weiss gets trapped in the goal. Uh, Arnold and Laughlin are kind of trying to fight off Sub Zero. Arnold is temporarily taken out by he's got an explosive puck. He like yeah. shoots a puck at him and explodes cool. and knocks Arnold out. Which I don't know why he doesn't use more of those. Um, well, there was actually a uh, where he where he still. Uh, so one of the things that was supposed to happen with Andrew Davis was that he wanted. Arnold to take one of those pucks and use it at the end when he breaks into the studio. Oh, really? Yeah. But then Steven D'Souza was like, well, why wouldn't he have used it earlier when his friends are dying? Yeah, exactly. Like, so to kill spotless. one of the other stalkers. Yeah, and but well, I think one of the reasons that um, Andrew Davis got fired was because he filmed it anyway. Yeah, he filmed it before he got fired, but yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. After Arnold gets knocked out, kind of, Laughlin is trying to fight him off, but he's not really doing that well. He's about to get sliced by the hockey stick when Arnold comes back all of a sudden, grabs Sub-Zero, um, and kind of fights him off. And then Sub-Zero is now skating towards Arnold and trying to grab him. Arnold finds, like, a piece of broken wood that's attached to, like, the barbed wire that's all around the stadium. He sets it up so he can clothesline Sub-Zero. And then wraps it around his neck and just fucking basically yanks on it until it cuts his throat. Um, I'm surprised they chose a uh, restraint as far as like not having the barbed wire cut his head off. Yeah, like cut his head completely off yeah. or like have the blood like spray out Tarantino yeah. style. Yeah. Oh, there um, was some blood spray. There was, was a like, little Whoa. bit, but I was I was definitely surprised there was wasn't like more. Blurbs. Yeah. <laughs> blurbs yeah. of spray. Uh, and here's where we get the... Uh, uh, Arnold's kill line for Sub Zero, which is so stupid. He's like, How dare you? He, he yells at the camera. He's like, Killian, here is Sub Zero. Now, plane zero. <laughs> <laughs> which makes me wonder if he like casually mentioned that as a joke to the two guys he's with that when when they first saw Sub Zero. <laughs> like, if they're like all running away, and Arnold's like, Who's this Joker? And one of the guys is like, Sub Zero, we gotta move. And Arnold's like, Sub Zero, more like plane zero. And then the other two guys were like, <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, like, I gotta save like, this one. Yeah. I, gotta, I gotta remember it. I gotta remember yeah, it. That one's really gonna work. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, <laughs> and so at this point, the audience, uh, we cut back to the audience. The audience uh, seems really bummed out at Arnold's terrible joke. And then uh, they, <laughs> everyone gets sad and they, they Killian makes them cut to commercial. Um, uh, at this point, Arnold and Laughlin go and free Weiss from the hockey goal, which doesn't seem like it takes a lot of effort. I don't know. Maybe mm. Weiss could have broken out himself. Uh, and then the room starts to fill with gas and they have to leave. And then uh, <laughs> and that's at that point, you get another Arnold line where he goes, Sub-Zero, he was a real pain in the neck. <laughs> which is great. He's like, ah, oh, shit, I should have said that to kill you. God damn it. God. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Get together, Richards. <laughs> you gotta be faster on your feet. <laughs> uh, this is not why you took all those improv classes. Come on, get on it. <laughs> Edward would be so disappointed. Yeah. <clears throat> what the Alfred Citizens Brigade say? <laughs> this is not why you joined the undergroundlings. 
Alrighty, and that'll do it for part one of our summary of The Running Man. Make sure to check back next week as we finish up with the second half while discussing a bunch of, I'm sure, really insightful, totally not stupid stuff. But anyway, uh, please don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcast app, and you should definitely check out our Patreon, uh, which is you can find at patreon.com backslash thepottyrichter. Or just uh, subscribe to us for our bonus episodes on Apple Podcasts, where we are doing a two-month free trial because we want you to check out the uh, sweet new content that we have on there. Anyway, I guess until then, all that's left to say is that we'll... Dear the party, Richter!